Hello, and welcome to the Let's Talk Attachments podcast. My name is Jessica De Silva, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and an attachment coach helping adults end their unhealthy dating patterns and create stronger, secure relationships. Attachment theory gives us insight into how we currently experience love through understanding our earlier attachment dynamics. I created this podcast as a safe space to share stories and insights on different aspects aspects of attachment so that you can better understand how this manifests in your own life. My only request is that you listen with an open heart and an open mind. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to today's podcast episode on the benefits of dating each attachment style. Yes, you heard it right. I posted a series on this topic on my Instagram account and people were absolutely shocked that there were any benefits to having an insecure attachment style. And I understand because there's so much information out there that only speaks to their challenges and their shortcomings. But guess what? Studies have shown us time and time again that by overcoming our adversities, we develop some amazing strengths. So this episode is dedicated to shedding light on what those strengths are for each attachment style. But before I get into this, um, please don't use these strengths as an excuse to stay in relationships that are abusive and harmful. Remember that your safety and your well-being is always a priority. Also, healthy relationships require a willingness to work through those challenges. Um, And we need to be willing to do the inner work, right? We can't force anyone to change that needs to come from within themselves. So let's start with the secure attachment style. So studies show that secure attachments can help their partner become securely attached themselves due to some of the behaviors that I'm about to share with you. So secure attachments, they are comfortable with their emotional world and can hold space for you to explore and express yours. Not only are they good with identifying their emotions, but when it comes to relationship conflict, they can more easily de-escalate the situation and co-regulate with you. Secure attachments are often consistent and reliable, which allows you to safely depend on them. Um, You know, they may not always meet your needs, but at least you can depend on them to communicate where they're going, for example, or communicate, you know, who they're with. Um, This consistency and reliability has been a huge piece in my, in me feeling secure within my relationship. Um, I know that when I was dating people who were super unpredictable, super unreliable, Um, whether it was through actions or whether it was through like moods and things like that, I felt mostly anxious in those relationships. Um, My anxious tendencies were through the roof, actually. I was very, very activated. And clearly my emotions were telling me that my needs weren't being met, but I didn't know what that was then. And so when I uh, met Miles, my current partner, Um, He was so consistent and so reliable from the very beginning. And it wasn't that he did everything I asked. That was not the case at all. I could just rely on him to, you know, to call me and to text me and to make plans with me. Um, So that was really important, right? So his actions were consistent with his words. And that really helped just reshape the way that I experienced love. 
Secure attachments are also comfortable asking for support and giving it in return, right? There's no shame around expressing that they need help. Um, I've had a fair share of secure attachments actually reach out to me for coaching services because they wanted to learn how to best support their insecure partner. And my heart melts every time I get those calls because I think it's just so, so sweet. So if you're wondering if secure attachments are out there, they are. There's a lot of secure attachments out there. Okay. Um, secure attachments make you feel safe enough to open up and be vulnerable as they usually don't really take it as a personal attack, right? When others express their, their insecurities, um, this safe environment is really, really essential for helping you heal from your attachment wounds and reconnect back to your authentic self as you can now more genuinely express, you know, what's on your heart, what's on your mind and things like that. Secure attachments communicate their needs and are open and flexible to meeting your needs. This can feel intimidating to some people who may not be as in tune with their own personal needs. Secure attachments model healthy boundaries. They are willing to compromise and sacrifice if needed. However, they will assert their boundaries, meaning their limitations if they feel they are being taken advantage of. They're not totally loose, right, with their boundaries and agreeing to everything, saying yes to everything, but they're also not being totally rigid and saying no to everything, um, right, and not giving people a chance. Secure attachments also have good self-regulation and co-regulation skills, which allows them to approach confrontations in a more balanced way. So either these mental you know, resources and skills were taught to the secure attachment at an early age, or they spent many years learning to become more securely attached. Um, in psychology, we call this earned secure attachment, where you learn these skills and new ra- uh, ways of relating later in life, whether you're doing you know, the inner work yourself, you're working with you know, a therapist, a coach, um, a professional to kind of teach you these skills. Um, so next, we have the anxious attachment. Yes, anxious attachments, you have amazing strengths. Anxious attachments have the biggest hearts, the biggest, biggest hearts. I know I personally always feel so, so comfortable with anxious attachments. I feel so invited and so special um, when I'm around them. So they encourage you to talk about your feelings and needs. They make you feel very just invited, um, make you feel very warm, right? It's, I, I personally love it. Um, they put a lot of effort and dedication into their relationships. They hold you in high regard. They are great at, uh, at anticipating your needs and often happy to meet them, right? They want to make you feel happy. They, they want to make you feel good. Um, they make you feel deeply cherished and loved. They encourage physical and emotional connection. They are catalysts for change, often motivated to find solutions to improve the relationship. Um, most of the clients that I work with tend to be more you know, anxious attachments because they really, really do want to work on themselves. They want to be better for themselves. They want to be better for others. Um, they can teach you how to be more uh, empathetic and selfless. So these personality traits often come from being super attuned to their attachments, uh, attachment figures needs growing up. And so they carry these ways of experiencing love and connection into their adult relationships. 
So if you're wondering, you know, why you're so lovable and why people are so attracted to you, it's because of your nurturing energy. This is why it's really, really important to set boundaries around your giving nature because people will take advantage of it. Um, And then it's why you experience a lot of resentment and bitterness. Um, So just be mindful of how you extend yourself and remember to give yourself some of that love as well, okay? Dismissive avoidance. Dismissive avoidance gets such a bad reputation because of how they deal with their relationship anxiety, right? They, They run away, they ghost, they push people away. It's not a very nice way of coping with your anxiety um, and that's why they get such a bad reputation Um, but you know they too possess many unique strengths from overcoming their own adversities remember that dismissive avoidance are also insecure okay dismissive avoidance are also insecure even though they look very confident very composed on the outside Um, inside they are experiencing just as much anxiety as an anxious attachment style, for instance. It's just how they deal with it. It's very different. So insecurity, remember that insecurity comes from fear, right? And fear comes from some type of pain that they experienced. The reason why they are dismissive is because they avoid any signs of possible pain. They want to avoid any signs of possible pain. When they feel anxiety, um, you know, they withdraw. That is their way of coping. So with time and practice, you know, they've learned to really just deactivate their attachment system. Is this healthy? Definitely not, but it is their own, you know, it's their form of coping, right? It's their form of coping. It's what served them in the past. Um, it's how they survived in the past. Um, but obviously it doesn't, it's not always helpful in their, you know, relationships, their more committed relationships. Um, so, so yeah, they have some amazing, amazing strengths and we wouldn't be dating them if they didn't bring anything to the table, right? So dismissive avoidance bring balance to the relationship with their practical approach to love, just as anxious attachments bring balance with their emotional, uh, with their emotional approach. Both are super important, right? Both logic, both that practicality and also emotion, right? Emotions and feelings. Um, that's also very important. So a healthy balance of both is great, is necessary for, um, a healthy relationship, a healthy relationship with ourselves and a healthy relationship with others. So dismissive avoidance teach you how to be independent, and encourage you to find passions and interests outside of the relationship. Um, I remember when I was dating, he was more fearful avoidant, but um, he was just so into music. This was like my my crush for so long in my teens and early 20s. Um, but he was really, he had all these hobbies, right? Avoidants tend to have all their little hobbies and passions and things like that. And I wanted to spend more time with him. I was really anxious at that time. I wanted to spend more time with him. Um, and he, you know, he actually encouraged me to find my own hobbies, which I didn't have any hobbies at that time. Like boyfriends were my hobbies. Right. And I got into making jewelry. Um, I started a jewelry business and that really, really helped me. That actually opened up this whole, um, you know, entrepreneurial world for me. 
Um, so I'm really, really grateful that he, that I, you know, that he introduced this to me. So now, you know, now that I see this from no longer involved with him and, um, have done a lot of healing work around that relationship, but now I just, I'm very grateful. I'm very, very grateful for that experience and, and what he taught me from, from that experience. Okay. Um, what else, what else, what else, what else? Yeah. So they will often show you love by, you know, um, well, another thing too, right? Yeah. They encourage you to really, you know, pursue your goals and, um, um, and they can be a really great support in that process as well. They often show you love by meeting your physical needs and being good providers. Usually this is how they learn to express love. Love languages such as acts of service and gift giving don't really require much emotional intimacy, okay? But it's also a form of expression. It's, it's their language of love, right? Because again, that's often how it was shown to them. They aren't as hypervigilant to subtle incongruencies, which prevents the, you know, the feeling of walking on eggshells. So now this is more in regards to, you know, picking up on subtle cues or body language or indirect behaviors. Most of my past relationships have been with anxious and fearful avoidance, and I felt like they could always read my mind. I felt like they could always read my mind or just tell how I was feeling. And that felt really intrusive for me. It felt really, really intrusive for me. So I really appreciate that my partner now, who is secure with avoidant tendencies, gives me the space to think and to feel the way I want without picking up on it, right? Without being concerned about it. Um, Because again, he doesn't really pick up on it. He just doesn't pick up on it. So this lack of sensitivity, it has its pros and cons, right? It has its pros and cons, like anything in our existence. So you just have to find what works for you. Also, in high stress situations outside of the relationship, they do well with staying composed. They're really good with just turning off their emotions, Um, so where you may be more reactive or emotional, they can take a more calm stance to the problem. Also, they don't take it personally if you need space or time to yourself. They actually encourage it. So if you too value personal time and space, someone who is more avoidant will be compatible with those needs. And remember, you guys, that we all fall on a spectrum when it comes to attachment, meaning nobody is 100% secure or 100% anxious, uh, 100% dismissive avoidant, or 100% fearful avoidant. I knew five years ago, going into the dating realm, what my needs were, right? Consistency, reliability, emotional and physical intimacy, uh, communication, physical touch. But also, I needed space, individuality, I needed trust, freedom, independence within my relationship. So it makes sense that I ended up with someone who is predominantly secure with some avoidant tendencies. Um, So he too values that space and that independence and that time alone and that individuality. Um, Not that secure attachments don't, but he really, really needs it. (laughs) Like he needs it and so do I. And so it works very, very well for us. Um, I dated people who were secure with anxious tendencies and that personally wasn't as appealing to me because they wanted more together time, which is totally fine and and valid and beautiful. Um, because again, anxious attachments, they, they bring this like romanticism into the relationship, which is so, so charming and so beautiful. But 
it was not something that I personally needed so much of, okay? So you just have to get clear on your needs, right? Different attachment styles will bring different strengths and and challenges to the relationship depending on where you fall on that spectrum. So you just have to know what challenges you're willing to be flexible with. Because again, no relationship is perfect, right? Um, Dismissive avoidance show love in this more, you know, kind of detached way because it's usually how love was shown to them. Usually their attachment figures met their physical needs, but not their emotional needs. It's not that they can't learn to connect to their emotions. They definitely can't, (coughs) excuse me. And that's usually what, you know, anxious attachments can can bring to the table um, and really help them with. So again, they just have to be willing. They just have to be willing. All right. And not everyone is. Um, And when they aren't, that's really where you have to decide, okay, is this worth it for me? Right. Are my needs not getting met? My non-negotiable needs are my needs not getting met? Is this person really not willing to to meet me more emotionally? So on to fearful avoidance. Fearful avoidance bring a lot of depth into the relationships, helping you explore different aspects of your inner world. Um, Often it's these attachment styles that experienced very heavy levels of trauma and pain, which really led them to contemplate the meaning of life at an early age. Um, They are usually very protective of people they care about. They are attuned to you, right? They're attuned to your needs and your desires, They really want to know you. They want to see you. They want to feel you. Fearful avoidance are often empathic and connect through getting to know you more intimately. Um, Now, this doesn't mean that they aren't, you know, that they're necessarily, um, it doesn't mean that they necessarily know their own feelings and needs. Often they're very disconnected from those things, but it makes them feel safe to talk about these more intimate matters. Um, and show some transparency around who you are and kind of what you're about. Um, They're often aware of their challenges. They can be both serious and lighthearted. I know a lot of fearful avoidance, myself included, that use humor as a coping mechanism. Um, So they can be really funny, very outgoing, very charming. Uh, They understand your need for space and value maintaining their sense of individuality. Remember that fearful avoidance have both anxious and avoidant tendencies. So they crave love and connection and also crave their freedom and independence. So finding someone who can understand these needs and is willing to meet these needs is very, very important. All right. So that's it. I hope that this made you feel better about your attachment style, right? Having an insecure attachment style is not all bad. It's not all bad, you guys. There's a flip side to every coin, right? There's a flip side to every coin. Um, And my approach to healing is really building on your strengths, right? Protecting your strengths while also being mindful of your challenges and working on shifting them if they aren't serving your highest good. You have that choice. You have that capability to to shift those things that are not working for you. Um, We can all learn to become more securely attached and therefore feel more confident, right? Within ourselves, within our relationships. It's a skill set. It's a skill set and it's a practice. And if you're ready to learn the insight and tools to make these shifts in your life today, you can learn more about my e-course, 
My Secure Self via the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you enjoyed it, please rate it or leave a comment. Hearing your feedback just motivates me to create more content for you guys. I appreciate you so much and I will catch you on the next episode.